0: Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Kelly Wisness.
1: Hi, this is Kelly Wisness. Welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. We're pleased to welcome Cody Bales, Senior Reimbursement Consultant here at Bessler. Today, we're going to discuss wage index. Thank you for joining us, Cody.
0: Hi, Kelly. Good morning.
1: Good morning, well, let's jump into it today. what What is wage index?
0: Uh, a wage index is essentially a value or a, a factor that's assigned to a hospital that is the result of comparing that hospital's cost of wages or labor against all hospitals nationally. There are, of course, many complicating factors that that come in, but that's kind of a basic definition. And to take a step back and provide a little background, the Medicare regulations dictate that payments made to a hospital for patient services must be adjusted to reflect the wage level for that hospital and their area relative to all hospitals subject to wage index reporting. And as a quick sidebar, subject to wage index reporting generally means short-term acute hospitals and would exclude, for example, your critical access facilities. So the adjustment can be a positive or a negative depending on how the hospital compares to the national average. The primary basis for a hospital's wage index factor is certain data that is reported annually through the medicare cost report namely wages hours and employee benefits so this data is collected and aggregated for all hospitals within a geographic area and essentially creates what is called an average hourly wage or average hourly rate this rate is then compared to the national rate, which results in the wage index factor, again, before lots of other factors are considered.
1: Okay, that makes sense. And how does wage index impact hospital reimbursement?
0: The wage index factor that is calculated each year can have a huge impact on reimbursement. Essentially, the the final wage index, which is, a, again, a value that can either be greater than one or less than one, Uh, is a a multiplying factor to the labor portion of the the operating payments that are made by by Medicare on each claim so the potential is there for the wage index to to translate into millions or tens of millions of dollars in, in revenue each year and the the impact is only that much greater the the further away you get from the the base adjustment value of one or in other words the the farther away you are from the national average so Obviously, hospitals should be doing everything they can to ensure that the wage index is accurate and reflective of their cost of labor.
1: Definitely. And what can hospitals do to improve their wage index? And are there any commonly overlooked areas?
0: Well, proper wage reporting really always comes back to the data that's reported through the S3 worksheets of the Medicare cost report. So hospitals should ensure that the hours that are reported there are consistent with the regulations and exclude, for example, any hours associated with bonuses, on-call hours not worked, PTO buyout hours, et cetera, uh, because overreporting of hours essentially results in an understated average hourly wage. It's also important to avoid mistakes in accounting for hours that are associated with salary reclasses on the cost report. For example if you reclass salaries for marketing or residency programs then you need to also account for the hours there's no built-in mechanism for this on the cost report so it's important that the hours are supported and that the methodology there makes sense Uh, another potential area for improvement is contract labor this expense is in addition to salaries paid and hospitals should have a solid process in place to capture those dollars and vitally the associated hours and the documentation that that must accompany the cost. There are best practices that the reimbursement department can do in the area of contract labor, but there's also systemic improvements that could be made involving the AP department and hospital operations in general. Also, if the organization is self-insured for the cost of health benefits paid on behalf of employees, then the hospital should definitely be taking a look at this arrangement and making sure that the reporting is is accurate for for this cost. Uh, Another area where hospitals should be taking a second look is an allocation of employee benefits in general, uh, referred to as wage-related costs and cost-reporting lingo. Uh, There should be a proper methodology that goes into assigning these benefits to excluded areas, interns and residents, physicians, and so on. You shouldn't, for example, allocate the cost of 401k or or pension expense for employees that don't participate. Uh, Also, uh, FICA withholding only applies to up to a certain dollar amount, uh, as another example. So there are just lots of factors to to consider and take a look at
1: yeah those are some great tips um in addition to the medicare cost report what other factors impact wage index
0: right i alluded to this point but there are are other factors beyond the the cost report that do have an impact on the ultimate uh, wage index factor There are mathematical types of adjustments that come in, for example, the the midpoint adjustment factor, budget neutrality, but also there's more substantive uh, potential adjustments. Hospitals may be eligible, for example, to reclassify from one geographic area to another that better represents their their cost of labor or gives them a benefit. So hospitals should generally be evaluating their eligibility for that and uh, of course the potential impact to their ultimate wage index but even without a, an actual reclassification hospitals may see certain uh, geography based kind of adjustments for example the the out migration adjustment or an adjustment based on the the rural floor which is the the lowest wage index value that each hospital in the state can receive based on the regs and another factor is the occupational mix adjustment, which is uh, another adjustment that comes into wages, and it's based on the the blend of, of staffing that's deployed by the organization.
1: And can you expand on what hospitals need to know about occupational mix?
0: Sure. It's, it's kind of a lesser discussed area, but it's an important component for the final wage index. So uh, hospitals have to complete the the Occupational mix Survey, as it's termed, every three years. And it just so happens that 2022 is a survey year. That is a calendar year, 2022. So we just passed the deadline for revisions to the previous survey. So the 2022 survey should be kind of next on everyone's radar after the end of the year. So, I mean, you could probably do an entire podcast on the subject, but for, for now I'll just say the takeaway is that to accurately complete the OCMEC survey, it's really essential to have a handle on payroll and staffing, and more specifically job titles and job responsibilities. The survey requires breaking down wages and hours for for certain job categories, mostly related to nursing, and it, it, it's probably going to require corresponding with, with various hospital departments, uh, probably including nursing admin, for example, uh, to really get the proper information for reporting. And uh, as a reminder, this is another reporting requirement that critical access hospitals would not be subject to.
1: Sounds like there's a lot to that. Sounds like that would be a good uh, another podcast topic. Um, But broadly speaking, are there any recent changes to wage index regulations?
0: Yes. One of the not the the most recent development but one from the last few years is that there was an implementation by cms of an imputed wage floor for hospitals in all urban states so it was something that um, kind of came back after not being um, in the mix for a while but this essentially provides an equivalent to the rural floor but for hospitals that are located in states that only have urban counties and uh, on a related note, in the 2023 final rule, there was a change uh, to reverse a provision from a few years back relating to how the rule floor for each state is established. So without going into too much detail here, the the change is essentially going to mean that the the wage data for for urban hospitals that reclassify as rural is going to be included in the calculation of the the state rule floor. So that was a a change for sure. Uh, Also a big one in the 2023 final rule was a a provision that caps the decrease for a hospital's wage index from year to year at, at no more than 5%. So that will be a nice boost to hospitals that, that do end up with a large wage index decrease in any given year, uh, kind of no matter what the reason was.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today, Cody.
0: Yeah, Kelly, of course. Thanks for having me.
1: And don't miss Cody's related live webinar on Wage Index 101 on Thursday, September 22nd at 1 p.m. Eastern. Register or learn more on our website at bestler.com slash insights. We appreciate you all joining us for this episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. Until next time.
0: This concludes our episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help protect and optimize revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.